The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. You're listening to The Nonprofit Voice, brought to you by 100 Women Who Care About Long Island. 100 Women Who Care About Long Island is a giving circle made up of local women who want to financially support vetted Long Island charities and help shed light on the work that they do. This show is produced by Marketing Works. And good morning. We've got another program that's lined up for our listeners that is sure uh, to be inspiring and to be informative. And I, without further ado, would like to introduce our first guest for this morning. We have Meredith Michaels. She is the Chief Development Officer for Big Brothers and Big Sisters of Long Island. Welcome, Meredith. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Good morning, everyone. So I just found out that you just came off of having a gala. So yes. how was that? <laughs> it was um, it was a fabulous night. Um, it was just a really, really special night to celebrate the amazing work being done within the agency. Uh, we heard from several of the mentors and mentees in our program, and we just had a, a packed house filled with sponsors and honorees and volunteers and donors that you know, all really believe in our mission and the work we're doing. And it was just a beautiful, gorgeous fall night um, at the Heritage Club in Bethpage. And it was really special. And um, we were so thrilled to be back in person. We had a two-year gap from our last in-person gala. And it was the first time we were back. So um, it was a great success. Thank you so much for asking. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. And for our listeners who may not be aware of the work that you do, can you tell us a little bit about the uh, programs that you have and about um, what goes on during the course of a year? Sure. So Big Brothers Big Sisters is a one-to-one mentoring agency. Uh, We align adult mentors with youth mentees throughout the community, um, typically children that come from diverse areas of background, underserved communities, Um, kids that really might just be lacking that consistency or support in their life um, and would really just want to be matched with somebody who could be somebody reliable, someone that they could talk to, someone that they can view as a big brother or a big sister. So that's really what our whole mission is about, providing mentorship. And then from there, there's just so many things that we do beyond that to support are big and little, which is what we refer to as mentors and mentees. So you might hear me refer to them as bigs and littles. Um, And we provide Mm -hmm. a variety of programs, events, support, scholarship, all throughout the year um, to sort of align with the mission of the mentorship. And how long have you been been doing this? Uh, I have been with the organization for a little over five years, and I've been working in the nonprofit industry for close to 16 years. Um, So it's definitely a passion of mine and something that really kind of fuels me every day. And it's been incredibly rewarding to work for an organization that is, you know, helping the future of our youth and really giving them opportunities and exposure to things that they might otherwise not have. So getting to be part of that every day and helping raise the funds so that we can have a thriving program um, 
it's a really good feeling and it's something that really I'm quite passionate about. So I can hear it in your voice. That is uh, <laughs> so exciting, so exciting. And to be be that still that energetic and passionate about the work that you're doing after a gala says a lot. So <laughs> I know I <laughs> I think I always say I'm so busy, but I, I don't think I would like it if I wasn't. And to be honest, there's there's still so much work to be done and, and funds to be raised and, and awareness to create for the organization and its mission that we can't help but keep the energy and the momentum going. But it's nice like last night that just really fueled me to say, wow, like coming off of that, we just have such great work that's being done and that can still be done. Um, so that really keeps me motivated for sure. So just not to catch you off guard, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be asking you about what you think is um, your highest priority for the new year 2023. But before we get to that, I want to ask you, um, how did you manage to make it through the pandemic? You know, it was, I think, an extremely difficult time for almost everybody, individuals, companies, organizations, nonprofits, we were all sort of navigating really uncharted waters. And I think we were all kind of had that same fear of, oh my gosh, how are we going to handle this? So much of our organization is built on in-person, one-to-one mentor interactions and in-person events and, you know, in-person fundraising opportunities. So, you know, what, what do you do when the world shuts down? And for us, I think it forced us to be creative and, and to think differently and to open opportunities to things that, you know, we've never really thought of before or tools that we've never utilized. And I'm really proud to say that we came out of it, I think, stronger. Um, we utilized technology in ways that we never have. Our donors and leadership stepped up to support in really different ways. Uh, companies that typically attended events helped support you know, other virtual fundraising opportunities or virtual events for the bigs and littles to participate in. And, you know, we just, we had to do what everybody else did. And we just had to kind of think on the fly, but be strategic and stay positive because we were struggling. But imagine what these families and these children that were all of a sudden remote learning or losing jobs or suffering from food insecurities and all those basic essentials so we really had to take our mission and what we typically do and create even more support for these families. So we decided that anything that came in through the organization was going to go right back out to the families in the form of, you know, gift cards for food and to Target and to Walmart so that they didn't struggle. And we provided every student with Chromebooks so that they wouldn't struggle for virtual learning. And we just, we got creative, honestly, and we got through it, thankfully, and, um, you know, we lost some staff during that just because we had to. And I'm really proud to say that we are back to full staff capacity and we are really thriving and supporting the number of children we were pre-COVID. And we're just getting back to some normalcy. So it was a struggle, but we got through. You know, that's a, that is something that is quite remarkable because I'm a real big fan of Rocky. And I know that in my career, that every time I, I landed on the floor, I just said, if I can just stand up, if I could just stand up, I know I'll make it. And, um, yeah. you know, it's, uh, I am, I am just amazed at how, uh, Long Island, um, 
as a community really stood up and and made it through this time and how you know how innovative that the uh, leadership and those who are involved with nonprofits um, really I mean you all shined and it was uh, it was just a testament of of what perseverance and commitment to vision mission and goals um, does you know, when you're facing these adverse um, situations. So with that, I know that as you're uh, turning the corner, how can people support or get involved with Big Brothers and Big Sisters of Long Island? So there, there are so many ways to get involved. And as a fundraiser, typically most people expect me to say, make a donation or, you know, give some sort of financial support. But the reality is our number one need are more mentors. We have over 100 children in Long Island alone currently on a wait list, which means they are vetted and ready to join our program, but we do not have enough mentors to um, to match them. And within that need is is our male mentors. We, we have female mentors that usually sign up and they're ready to go, but we are in desperate need of more male mentors um, and you know, for us, any opportunity where we can speak in front of a group or we can present at a lunch and learn, where we can come to a board meeting, um, where we can post a, a poster in a restaurant um, has huge value to us because the more people that know about our needs, the more people that we can reach. Um, and then certainly, of course, there's all of the, you know, obvious ways of supporting, coming to events, making a monthly donation, um, joining one of our event committees, sponsoring a child during the holidays, holding a clothing drive. Those are all sort of secondary to our number one need, which is more male mentors. So I just happened to be going to uh, be speaking into a group of business leaders um, with a lot of men in the room. And um, tell me, how do they get in touch with you if they are interested? The best way is to simply visit our website, which is bbbsli.org. That's three Bs. And from there, you can read about all the opportunities to become a mentor, to make a donation, to learn about how you can get involved, and uh, fill out a really basic form online where somebody would contact you and, and either invite you to an orientation um, we also put a lot of resources on our social media handles. We're on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and, of course, LinkedIn. Um, so you can find us on any of those outlets uh, or our website. Um, and we basically are happy to come out and present to any group that's interested in learning a little bit more um, about becoming a mentor or getting involved. So tell us a little bit about what what it's like to be a mentor. What's the time requirement, um, consistency of of the commitment? Mm-hmm. So um, that's a great question, and thank you so much for asking it. Uh, there's sort of a misconception um, amongst a lot of people saying, well, I don't have the time, and I have my own children, and how will I fit this into my schedule? Um, and basically, once you apply or you express interest, uh, and you get vetted through the process, and there there is an interview process that you have to go through, and a background check, and a, and a driving record history, and all of that stuff. Um, it's a minimum commitment of four hours a month for a year. So you're talking about, 
you know, an activity or two a month, shooting hoops, grab slice of pizza, helping with homework, going to on a hike in Long Island, taking advantage of all the activities that we host. It's really just giving these children consistency throughout the year for a couple hours a month, um, one-on-one. And um, it's completely life-changing for the, the children that are in our program, but I can tell you that every single adult that signs up to be a mentor will say that their lives are really the ones that are forever changed just because of the impact that it has on them. I was fortunate enough to uh, be a mentor um, to a college student um, probably about seven or eight years ago, and uh, we just met and had had uh, dinner uh, last week, and it, it really is a, a life-changing experience. Um, just from listening to you, I'm sitting there and I'm going, oh, okay, so we need some men to want to get involved in four hours a month for a year for hoops, hikes, and homework. <laughs> I love that. Absolutely. And really, the relationship can be what you want it to be. You know, you can share in things that you both have an interest in. You can try things together that you've never done, or you can take on each other's interests and hobbies. And it's amazing how the relationship evolves and you truly do become family and friends. And, you know, I think you pull things out of each other that you didn't even know were there. Uh, and the bonding uh, that you see happening when you get to see these bigs and littles in person, it's, it's really rewarding. It's really inspiring. And it just kind of shows you, wow, like how incredibly fun does that look and how can I get involved or, how can I spread the word and share this with someone that I think would love to do this as well? <laughs> That's amazing. And, and we have the holidays coming up. So what happens uh, during the holidays with families and the youth in the program? So we have a really great program. It's called Holiday for Kids Sake. And it allows every single child that is enrolled in our program, along with all of their siblings. It doesn't matter what their age is, um, but we want to make sure that everyone in their entire household is taken care of during the holidays. Um, sign up to receive holiday wish lists, and we have sponsors, whether it be individual or companies that sign up to sponsor the children or multiple children. And the difference between our organization and some others is that you actually go out and shop for specific items that you know that child put on their wish list. Um, so that's really fun because, you know, anyone with children or we all know how, you know, selective in particular we can be about the things that we like, you know, it's really fun to know that you get to shop and get the exact color and the right size and the right, you know, brand representation that this child would love to see on Christmas morning just to make it super special for them. So, again, you can visit our website, bbbsli.org, and sign up to be a sponsor um, or sign up to get your company involved. And there's other ways to support. A lot of companies do clothing, um, I'm sorry, uh, gift card drives or toy drives. We have an Amazon wish list if you want to make it easy and just have it ship right to the office. But all of those items go directly to the children in our program and all of their siblings, as well as the children that are on our wait list. So you talked about a couple of things that have really been uh coming up for me over the last uh, few months, especially. And that's the um, active involvement of, of companies, big and small, getting involved uh, with social responsibility and 
demonstrating uh, their leadership by getting involved with nonprofit organizations and helping to um, help helping them to reach their mission and their goals. So important if you're in our audience and you're listening today to if you own a company, there are ways for you to get involved. And um, some of them are, as you mentioned, just gift cards and supporting in that a role and others are, you know, providing employee volunteer time. Um, Mm -hmm. And so uh, do you have volunteers? Yeah. So that is the question that comes up a lot. And we certainly um, work with a lot of companies that want to come out and have that hands-on interaction. Um, So we encourage any company that would like to learn more about getting involved to reach out to us and we can certainly talk through the right fit for them. You know, I think a lot of companies um, just think that, you know, well, if I can't sponsor an event in a big way, there's, I, I'm not sure how I can get involved. But what's great about Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Long Island is that there's a menu of ways to support however small or large your company is. Um, we will find something that fuels you and something that engages your employees and gets you excited to be involved and to make you feel part of the mission. So we certainly encourage you to reach out. Um, and express interest in getting involved, and then we'll share with you all the ways that you can do that, and you can sort of design the partnership that works for you. That's phenomenal. And on the flip side, in terms of, you know, the pandemic left many people reevaluating their life's goals and purposes, and, you know, a great way to explore opportunities to be able to meet great people is to get involved with nonprofit organizations and volunteer so that you can kind of feel what's out there, you know, what's, what's your next chapter going to, to look like. So, um, great, great way, uh, for there to be a win-win in the partnership. So having worked in nonprofits for so long, um, You've mentioned a couple of things that BBBSLI uh, does differently, but what keeps you so passionate about the work that you do? I think getting to see the bigs and littles together at events and watching them interact and seeing them through the years and how their relationship blossoms. I mean, we have bigs and littles that have been together for 10 years. We have matches that, you know, after graduation, they're in their weddings and they're at their college graduations. And it really is sort of inspiring to see the bond and the relationship and how long they stay together. They really kind of fuel me to just keep doing what I do every day. But to know that what I'm doing is directly impacting these individuals it's, there's really no greater feeling than that. And, you know, certainly there's so much good work being done on Long Island and getting to be part of a lot of other nonprofit organizations has been equally as rewarding. But there's just something about seeing, you know, a child's life forever changed. It's, uh, it's really hard to top that. <laughs> <laughs> and before we, our time runs out, can you tell us a little bit about your donation center and how that works? Yeah, so a lot of people do know us as our donation center, and they see our trucks driving all around Long Island and our donation bins and parking lots, and we want to thank everyone for supporting that. That is a really um, great way to support the organization. 
Um, and you can visit our website and find all locations for drop-off. Your company can even consider putting one of the donation bins in their parking lot to support the organization. But I want to just share that all of that support um, turns into support towards the program and the events that we're able to put on. So we thank everyone that supports our donation center and we encourage, you know, people to keep cleaning out those closets and purging their basements and uh, giving <laughs> us a call or scheduling a pickup. They'll come right to your home. If, if you're not able to drop it off, they make it very easy. They are driving hundreds of routes a week all over Long Island. But, um, you know, keep those donations coming because they allow us to also have a really thriving program for our business. And we've been on the air with Meredith Michael, Meredith Michaels, and you can reach the programs at their website, bbbsli.org. Thank you so much, and we appreciate the work that you're doing in our community. Thank you so much. You're listening to The Nonprofit Voice, brought to you by 100 Women Who Care About Long Island. 100 Women Who Care About Long Island is a giving circle made up of local women who want to financially support vetted Long Island charities and help shed light on the work that they do. This show is produced by Marketing Works. Good morning again. This is Laura Palker from 100 Women Who Care About Long Island. We're so excited to be with our listeners this morning. One bit of shout out, we have our nonprofit showcase at the Melville Marriott, November 1st. We want to make sure that anyone who'd like to get a chance to meet the nonprofits that serve our communities, please come out and visit us. It's absolutely free. Um, we have a um, pastor d'oeuvres and an evening of inspiration and We'll be uh, listening to the founder of AMT talking about how he developed uh, his nonprofit. It'll be a learning experience for all who attend. The perseverance and passion that he had was quite remarkable. And then our sponsor, Ron Gold from Marketing Works, will be talking to our nonprofits about things that they can do to ensure that they thrive in 2023. So, without further ado, again, we want to introduce Jamie Rapfogel. She is the director of Birthday Wishes of Long Island. Jamie, welcome. How are you? I'm good, thank you, and thank you for having me on your show. Well, we are thrilled, and I must say, we we from 100 Women Who Care About Long Island, thank you for the work that you do on Long Island and for the people's lives that you touch in such a positive way. So for our listeners, what's the mission of Birthday Wishes and who do you serve? So the mission of Birthday Wishes is very simple. We work to uh, improve and empower the lives of homeless children and their families by providing joy, play, and hope through the magic of a birthday party. So that's simple. What do we do? We try to celebrate the birthdays of kids living in shelters on Long Island. And actually in New York also, we've expanded to include several shelter programs in the city. Um, you know, these are children who, without our services, most often their day goes by without celebration. Um, we serve we serve shelters across Long Island, um, home, family homeless shelters, 
foster care shelters, domestic violence shelters, and um, un- unaccompanied youth. Kids who are living um, on their own or on the streets would be put in a, a residence to try and, you know, find the next step for them. So, you know, oftentimes when we hear about homeless, we think it's someplace else. Uh, and um, here on Long Island, it's it's prevalent. Um, and so we're very thankful to uh, organizations like yours that that are addressing these needs to help those that are in these circumstances to feel human, to feel like uh, they are are needed and to feel like they're acknowledged. And so um, I know from from hearing you before what what a blessing it is to be able to to give in this way. But over the past two years going through the the pandemic, how did COVID change and affect your program? It's actually a good question. I'm going to back up because I think what you just said was so important. I just want to touch on it. You know, I think that that, that was just so important because we don't really think living on Long Island that uh, homeless is, homelessness is prevalent. And wherever you're sitting listening to this, I'd say within 15 minutes of you is a shelter or a homeless family. And it's very different than what you see on TV or what you think of when you think of, of homelessness. And we have, which I'll get into later, a, a, a wide variety of families struggling with poverty and homelessness. And um, so I, I think that was a great, great point to make. Um, so, uh, your, but your question was COVID. So so our, our original program and our and the way that we did it was we did twofold. We had um, on-site parties where we would go into the shelter every month and we would sh- we would throw a birthday party, grassroots. <laughs> we like we would do craft projects, have goodie bags and cake, and celebrate with the children. And then we would also do birthday boxes, which was you know in shelters that couldn't accommodate that. We would um, deliver a birthday box, which is this beautifully wrapped festive box filled with everything the child needs to celebrate their birthday. And the mom or the shelter staff could make the party with the stuff in the box. So when COVID hit, we did not miss one birthday, which I think is quite great. But wow. we, um, but we, we switched completely to the birthday in a box model. So we do not. We stopped our on-site um, program. And we still haven't gotten back to it. Um, and I would say that the shelters don't really seem to mind. Uh, you know, I think the kid, the families, are, it's, their lives are so busy. And, you know, the parents are trying to work. They're trying to find jobs. The kids are in school. They have long bus rides usually to get them to, to and from school. Um, but I think the volunteers are the people who are most upset about not having the, uh, the on-site parties. So right now... Still, we're on just the birth, you know, the delivery model. Um, but that's probably the biggest change that we've had since COVID. That, and I think the fact that all nonprofits are really struggling since COVID, you know, in terms of you know just trying to stay afloat. You know, that's uh, an interesting um, look at at what's happening because you know we're still, you know. N- not back to quote unquote normal. You know, it's, it's so funny. My husband and I will drive down the road and we'll go, look at this. It's Jericho Turnpike on a Saturday and there's nobody here. And, 
you know, when you think about, um, you know, the changes and the effects that, that the pandemic had on people and their lives, you know, rethinking, you know, how they spend their time looking at, 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 um, you know, really what, what's important to them and what do they want to be doing for their careers? It really turned everything upside down. Now let's look at people that are being challenged with homelessness, with being in shelters, with being involved in uncertain futures. You know, I think that these, um, these experiences really, um, give them something to hang on to. Very much so. Um, having uh, normalcy, having consistency, having other people care about them, having themselves be recognized and acknowledged. I think all of those things are incredibly important. And that's one of the things that our, our program does provide. You know, it's funny, during COVID, what was, the, what was the one thing that people were freaking out over? How are we going to celebrate birthdays, right? <laughs> I came up with these really creative ways to celebrate birthdays. I mean, I, I mean, the video that my kids made me for my birthday was everybody, right, making a video and sending it to them. <laughs> but it, it was so, but for me, it was so profound because these, that, the kids that we serve, they don't ever get acknowledgement on their birthdays. And for us, you know, um, people who were just, you know, managing, trying to manage the pandemic. We were all pivoting and trying to still understand how our special day could be celebrated. And it was a, a nice recognition back to, you know, thinking about other people and what, what that word that you use, normal, is. You right. know, and how, it, you know, it's changed so much for everyone, but especially the people who are really struggling in our community. Yeah. There, I guess there is no normal for them. And you know, it's, it really is going to take some time, uh, for us to be able to stand up and to be able to run again. And, um, so I think, uh, that brings me to my next question of given these, this changed landscape, so to speak, what is, what's your biggest challenge now? Well, I guess that, that it is trying to stay up with the landscape, you know, trying to, just navigate through these difficult times and waters and, and, and just trying to, I, I'd say our number one problem is donations. I mean, I, we recently just, I was uh, looking through the, the shelves, you know, cause our shelves are only filled with donations, uh, the toys on our shelves. We do not purchase things if we can avoid it. And, um, and, and our shelves are, have a huge empty spot. You know, we go through 900 toys a month. And it was, I, I was, I've never seen that in the 12 and a half years that we've been doing this. We've never had empty shelves. And that to me is a sign of the times. Like, you know, that, that we, we have wonderful people who donate to us and, um, but, but things are really changing. And I think that's the, our biggest challenge is keeping up with that, trying to find creative new ways to get people involved to, um, you know, and to get people to donate and support our cause. You know what's also a weird a weird thing that's hard for us? What? So our birthday boxes are filled. We we wrap up. We recycle copy paper boxes. You know those hammer mill boxes that yep. you wrap, that you. Okay, that's we wrap those up with with wrapping paper, and and our birthday boxes are made in those, and then the kids get to keep them and have a place for their stuff. Those are very hard to come by because people work remotely and people don't use paper. So it's funny the things that are affected. <laughs> Okay, so now let's talk about donations. So if somebody has uh, the 
paper boxes. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you want those donated? Sure, we'd love it. Okay, so for all of the offices and companies and, and for all of the accountants that are listening to us this morning, we know that you are going to be having reams and reams and reams of paper in the upcoming tax season. So we do want to be able to remind you that you can donate those boxes. And uh, how can people get in touch with you if they have boxes to donate? Um, the easiest way is to go on our website, and, and you can look us up, or uh, they can email me, which is J-A-M-I-E, my name, at birthdaywishes.org, or um, they can go on the website and the Contact Us page and find us, and just make sure they're contacting Long Island. And birthdaywishes.org. You know, there's. Yeah. I also have uh, some connections there, so I'm going to put a little bug in my husband's ear. He happens to be an accountant, <laughs> and uh, tell him that at their uh, at their monthly meetings, everyone should bring their empty boxes. <laughs> they could even have a uh, team building wrapping if they wanted, and they could wrap their empty boxes. But we'll take them wrapped or unwrapped. We don't care. Okay, so we'll talk more about that, and then. The other thing is, tell us a little bit more about the toys. So how, what size, what type, give us a little more information on that. Okay. So we serve kids ages 1 to 18, and we do not do um, electronics because, you know, we cannot assume that anybody has electronics. They, you know, you can't do video games or, you know, things like that. So uh, we, we take basically everything. We have an Amazon wish list, which can be found on our social media or our website that has real-time requests of what kids are asking for today. So um, anything. And, you know, the holiday seasons are coming, and I've never, ever been against regifting. <laughs> oh, I have to tell you, the greatest thing, I remember when I, I was very young, and I was a single mother, and I looked at my friend and I said, I don't know if I have enough gifts for the holidays. And so we started going through and wrapping gifts. And my daughter's favorite, favorite holiday gift was a little lion bank in a cage that was regifted. So, yeah, you know, it's a, it's, it's a treasure. You know, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder, they say. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And you know, from that from that perspective, you know, we have a lot of kids that come in, and I and I I'm really uh, focused on kids helping kids and trying to teach our kids about caring about other people in the community, and you know, teaching your children that when they get these hefty bags of presents at their birthday parties, pick one, just pick one toy that you want to donate to a child who isn't as lucky as you, who isn't having the same birthday party, and donate it. Wow, you know, I think really great skill to teach children, you know, about compassion, about caring about others. That is certainly a way to build a stronger future in teaching people about um, giving to others for sure. So do you have programs for different age children? Um, And what, what do they look like? So we're, we're constantly trying to change and adjust to the kids that we're serving. So our original program is what I told you before. It's our birthday in a box, in those boxes that you were, you were doing a public service announcement on. And in there is everything. It's got paper goods, you know, um, themed paper goods and juice boxes and um, presents. You know, we, we work off of wish lists that the kids provide. And so there's three or four presents and, you know, a variety of things in there. 
that the kids want. And, you know, we try and provide either cake mix and frosting or homemade cupcakes, depending on the living situation. And then we found that um, in those unaccompanied youth shelters that we told you about, or in, um, we work with a lot of the school districts because the school districts have a homeless liaison. And there are a lot of kids who are homeless that might be doubled or tripled up, living, living on other families' floors, um, you know, that aren't in shelters. And so we work with them. And we provide birthdays for those children. And so we, we fit those into duffel bags because instead of the box, because the duffel bag can be really useful for them. These are families that tend to travel with, uh, excuse me, all of their things in garbage bags. Mm-hmm. And so having the duffel bag is really special for the child. And so that's the same kind of stuff inside, but it's packed up in a duffel. And then lastly is our teen program which we've just adjusted recently because we did a survey of the teenagers that we serve. And the one thing that we heard is that they really just want to be like everyone else of their peers. And that, you know, so many of us can relate to the idea of having a gift card and going on the computer and being able to purchase something. A lot of the kids we serve don't have that ability. And they just want a, a small gift card that they can go on and pick something out for them. And so we've started including $25 gift cards and we wrap, we, we, we make that packaged in either a string bag or a tote bag for the girls. And we put in things that the teenagers have told us they need. They want water bottles and they want, um, you know, body sprays and deodorant sets and nail polish and football and, you know, um, very specific teen items, a hoodie, things like that. And so basically, so based on that, we've, we've changed that program. So those are the three programs that we're running right now. That is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. The um, Now, how do you get the information? Oh, so you're getting the information back from the school systems and the... the and the shelter staff. So the school systems that we're working with but on, or the shelter staff. So we work directly with the shelter staff and every month, at the very beginning of the month, we get the list of whose birthday it is and the wish list from the children. And, uh, you know, they all come in that way. Wow. So we've talked uh, about a couple of things that can uh, help, but how can people really get involved and really help uh, during this holiday season coming up uh, to make a meaningful difference? So, you know, again, with COVID or the pandemic, I think that a lot of the in-person opportunities for volunteering is kind of, you know, dissipated. But, um, you know, there's so many ways to get involved. Uh, going on our website, there's a lot of information there. But have a toy drive, do a collection, um, or, you know, or come up with something creative if you have a skill that, that you can think of something to collect or to do. But I'd say the biggest thing is is toy drives and um you know, trying to do a collection, making birthday boxes. You know, the the instructions are on the website, but, you know, where you, you can actually, it's a great holiday thing. We have families who do that at their holiday celebration. Everybody together, everybody brings something, and they actually do the wrapping, and, and they're able to celebrate, you know, something wonderful for the community as they're having their holiday celebration. Well, I'll have to bring that up to 100 Women Who Care About Long Island because what we're going to be doing is transitioning 
our business meetings, we're going to, we're going to record them and send them out to our membership. And then we're going to take our four meetings and do, uh, either site visits to our nonprofits or, uh, some sort of a project so that we can get a little bit more social in our, uh, in our endeavors and our initiatives, um, as an organization. So that sounds like something that we might be able to, uh, to do. Yeah, you guys were a great group of women there. And, you know, January, that sounds like something, or even this fall for the holidays, um, sounds like a perfect time because we don't want to go outside during the winter time. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's right. We can do our on-site thing. Uh-huh. Oh, that's exciting. Jamie, I have to tell you, this has been such an inspiring uh, moment in time. I want to uh, just let everybody know um, who's listening today. You know, there's phenomenal ways that you can do gift cards. I mean, obviously, we can all go to the CVS and, and get gift cards and send them out to um, birthday wishes of Long Island. But there are also ways that you can, you know, get the points that are on your credit cards. And oh, you can actually just, you know, turn them into gift cards. And and then have them, when they arrive, send them off to uh, Birthday Wishes of Long Island. And it's a real easy process to to take the thank you points and convert them to gift cards. So um, be a little innovative. Turn in your points and make a donation. <laughs> I'm all for that. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Jamie, it's been our pleasure. Thank you for the work that you do for our community and for those in need. This is Laura Palker from 100 Women Who Care About Long Island. And remember, November 1st, you can register on Eventbrite. Go to our website, 100wwcli.org, and register to join us on November 1st. It's free. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.